0: Jeez, this movie sucks. Oh, how
1: could you say that? <laughs> I gotta get my balls broken, too. If I'm gonna break your balls. I tell you to go home and get your shine box. Oh, Randy, you breaking my balls? Yeah. I not nothing to say. Break my balls, Jack. Let's get into you. I'm breaking your balls a little bit. That's all. He Am I being paranoid or is he busting my balls? This guy, you stop breaking balls. Sticky <laughs> each other. Breaking my balls, Jack.
0: The worst movie ever. And
1: sinned and sipped. <laughs> Happy Friday, movie lovers and movie haters. This is Bollockbuster. Thanks for listening. I'm Chase Face. And uh, today, I've got a couple things on my mind when it comes to Netflix. <laughs> um, today's movie is The Atom Project. That is a Netflix movie. But before getting into the movie, I want to talk a little bit about something. This is a decision that uh, Netflix made a while ago it has been in talks for I want to say years uh, but about a month and a half ago it's like sometime April maybe mid-April or so Netflix uh, announced and shared in a letter to their investors that going forward they will not allow password sharing oh no what does that mean for you well if you're worried about being kicked off because you share your password uh, don't worry, um, because that's not really what's going to happen. Rather, Netflix is going to give you two options if they find out that you're sharing your password with people outside of your household. Um, you can either add, and I think what they're referring to as an extra member, and that is somebody that you will have to pay maybe a couple dollars more per month maybe a few dollars more per month. Um, it'll be a fraction of the cost of the, you know, what a, the, the normal cost would be. And, uh, option number two would be to ask that person, have that person to set up their own account and then you can transfer their profile to them. So they don't lose any, you know, their settings or their, their watch history, um, and that kind of stuff. So I think, this is my opinion. I think a lot of people are freaking out unnecessarily. I, I don't think it's it's really fair to criticize them so harshly over, over this. I get it. They're public enemy number one because they've pissed you off because how dare they? How dare they? Uh, I mean, why even ask? Like, how dare they charge you for something that you're using? <laughs> like, well, no shit, you know? But if you're stealing something or let's say you're scanning every other item at a self checkout, you're getting more than what you're paying for. So you can't be mad when it's like, Hey, we've kind of been letting this slide, but look, you can't, you have to scan every item at checkout now. Terrible analogy, but kind of the same concept. Um, You've been getting something that something extra that you haven't been paying for. So now like you're upset that you have to pay for something. Like that's, I mean, unfortunately that's how the world works. Like when you want a product or a service, you kind of have to pay for it. The way that Netflix, I think could have made this worse is if they were to say that they're doing this because they care about your privacy and your online safety and password sharing is something that they want to prevent for your own protection. Um, but I believe in full transparency. I think they've done the right thing instead of lying about it. Yeah, they absolutely are doing this for their own profit. And that makes sense. If, if as a, somebody who's owned a small business and have run a small business uh, from my home, if somebody were taking advantage of me and taking something uh, or, or somehow getting something extra um, without paying for it, I'd be a little upset. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have let it slide for over a decade like Netflix has. I would have done something about it right away. Um, And I think that's maybe another part of, of the problem is they've let people get away with it for so long that now everyone's just accustomed to it. Everybody just thinks it's, you know, password sharing among streaming services on a variety of platforms, not just Netflix is something that's okay. I, I, know several people i know most people i know let's put it that way most people i know share a password when it comes to like disney plus or hulu or hbo max or netflix or whatever but we are going to see these other platforms follow There, netflix just happens to be the one taking the first step and pissing everybody off in the process but uh i would not be surprised I don't think we're going to see them all do it at once. You know, it's not like it's all going to happen this year, but over the next couple years or few years, we are going to see these other platforms start to implement some sort of policy that minimizes password sharing. I'm not going to say it's fully preventable, um, you know, cause it's something that you, maybe they just don't catch it. Maybe it's, you continue to do it and they just, happen to not catch it for months or years or whatever. Um, but I don't think it's that big of a deal. People are getting so worked up over this and really just be happy, I guess. Be thankful that you've been able to use something and, and share something and have your family uh, or or friends take advantage of something without having to pay for it. But now it's like, Well, now it's time. So this would be, uh, I guess, a great opportunity to talk about how password sharing is bad. And um, if I had a sponsor, it should probably be a password manager. (laughs) Um, Because uh, password managers are probably the best way to, obviously, as the name implies, manage all of your online passwords and help um, keep you safe online. But that's all I've got for that. That's I just wanted to, you know, speak out a little bit on that bunch of bullshit. Um, it's not really. I'm not mad at Netflix. I don't think most people should be. Um, I think people kind of overreacted. Um, but what I do want to talk about is the Atom Project. Let's get into some of these wild one star reviews. I mean they're not that wild. <laughs> they're um I think they're they're pretty straightforward. Uh I um I, I guess they're kind of what you what you might expect for this kind of movie. I wanna say that I personally enjoyed the movie. And I, I can't say that I love it. But I enjoyed it. I think it is a well done blend of science fiction and adventure, little bits of comedy, and uh, overall kind of fun for the whole family. Um, maybe not little kids. There's kind of an intense makeout scene, but that's not that serious. For I don't know, maybe like a older child, maybe preteen or something like that. Uh, but I love that this movie the way it's um just the way it's done the way it's set up the um i mean i guess just the type of story that it is i personally liked the nostalgia trip it definitely has uh a kind of a warm feel-good vibe uh that's it's kind of it's kind of a callback to spielberg epics like et and indiana jones and uh obviously the sci-fi stuff it kind of mixes in you could Maybe even compare it to like *Flight of the Navigator* and *Back to the Future*, and then to top all that off, it kind of taps into, um, you know, the sort of, uh, father-son, uh, bond. You know, something like, uh, uh, *Field of Dreams*. You know, so so there's, you know, there's kind of a lot, uh, that if you grew up in the '80s, um. I mean maybe even a little bit earlier, but if you but if you're familiar with a lot of the movies that came out in the eighties, this uh, is kind of reminiscent of that. And um and and I like that it it taps into uh so many of those things. And also there's uh God, what's the name of that movie? It came out early two thousands that also had Jennifer Garner and uh Mark Ruffalo. Am I thinking thirteen going on thirty? I think that's it. I think that's the name of it. So a little bit of a kind of uh i guess a reunion um for those two um so yeah i mean it's kind of it's it's kind of cool to see all of all of that dynamic you know you got the workaholic father who you know wished he spent more time with um his wife and his son and um so the, you know there's little emotional layers to it uh, because of that. and um, I think it works. I think it's entertaining. I think it's you know, you can call it a family movie. and I think you know, there may be people that are my age or, or older than me that may think it's a little immature because of, you know, something like a, a a bullet wound making fart noises. you know and they and they joke about little things like that. Uh, but for the most part, well done it's it's a it's a heartwarming you know kind of story um and it's and it's great to have a uh, a newer movie that kind of brings us back to that those those you know feel good epics of the 80s and uh i i i and maybe this is an unpopular opinion but i think um that now is a good time to bring back the sort of the style of action that we got in the nineties. I mean, we, we just, we keep doing like all this eighties, you know, nostalgia. I mean, we got stranger things and we have so many things now that want to reference and want to go back and, um, you know, sort of pay tribute to all of this eighties stuff. But I think now is a great time for writers and directors to kind of, Bring back those really over-the-top, wacky, um, huge, uh, action-packed, you know, plots that were... I would say the 90s is kind of where the action genre sort of evolved. And we can, you know, maybe see, like, a new generation of, you know, things like The Rock and Speed. Uh, Maybe... Uh, face off like these are i mean some of these are so iconic total recall and i'm realizing now as i'm saying this that how stupid it sounds because i was going to say things like point break which we got a remake of and i was gonna say the matrix which we just got sort of like a soft reboot of i i guess if that's i don't even know if that's what how that would be referred to as Um, I was going to say things like Jurassic Park, but we have Jurassic World, so, so maybe I'm totally wrong here and I'm realizing now how stupid it sounds that I'm, you know, wishing for something to exist that kind of already does exist. Um, so I guess we, I guess we don't need more people to, to bring back the nineties. Um, so, uh, whoops. Let's, uh, let's just call it a day and, um, forget I said like half the shit that I just said. Um, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll do just fine with, um, where we are in terms of nostalgia, you know, trips, uh, throughout the, throughout the eighties and nineties, it's an era that just, I don't think we can ever fully replicate. Um, but I love Going back to it, it was just such a huge, it, just an explosion within pop culture that um, I don't think we'll ever see anything like it again. So, um, so I guess it is nice to revisit once in a while. I think it's, um, it can definitely be overdone and it kind of has been, um, but I do like to, you know, I, I would like to occasionally go back and revisit it. Hopefully we're in a little bit of a phase that, you know, dies down where now I'm totally contradicting myself. I know that now I'm saying like this, we should kind of wind down, uh, these nostalgia trips back to the eighties and nineties. But, um, but, uh, but I, I think as long as they're done, we can continue to do them. Just do them tastefully, make sure they're done right. Um, you know, don't make a shitty movie. Just, just because don't continue to make transformers just because they make money they're they're fucking awful movies uh but yeah with that being said i am ready to tear down some of these ball busting one star movie reviews so let me dial up that internet What's up, Internet? Hello
0: again, Chase Face. I found many one-star reviews for The Atom Project. Here are some of my favorites. Our first review is titled Childish and was written by public email dump. What's the target audience for this movie? Six-year-old boys? Twelve-year-old boys? Eighteen-year-old
1: boys? Twenty-four-year-old boys? 30-year-old boys, 36-year-old boys, 42-year-old boys, 48-year-old boys,
0: 30-year-old boys who never left their mama's basement.
1: Oh, God damn it! I just thought public email dump was going up in increments of six.
0: The script was similarly written by a 12-year-old boy. This next one is titled.
1: No, you don't get to do that, man. You're just asking if This was written by a 12-year-old for other boys of specific ages? (laughs) No, that's not what I call a review. That's what I call fucking lazy. And I bet you made some 30-year-old boy cry. And he'll show you that he's not a boy. You'll see because of his man-sized tears. Okay, Internet, sorry I interrupted uh, the start of this next review. It is titled...
0: Little Kid Gets Right Hook by Edgewalker382981844 Turned it off instantly after the kid received a right hook on the stairwell. Try a bump and push next time. Too many movies try too hard to grab your attention with stupid fast-paced cutscenes. Slow down the start. Introduce the characters.
1: What do you mean introduce the characters? Like every does every movie need to start out with some narration, some dialogue that goes on for ten minutes to establish who a character is? That's fucking boring. God, I'd hate every movie if it did that. No, this throws you right in, and within the first like few minutes of the movie, you see that you know he's a he's a, a a young kid that's he's kind of a dork, but. He's coping with the loss of his dad and, you know, some, some things don't make sense, but he, you know, he jokes and he's snarky and sometimes, you know, people joke and, and, you know, make comments. I assume whatever, whatever comment he made that got him punched in the face or whatever. But, uh, I mean, that I think that pretty much set up the, the character. So, uh. What the hell are you talking about? Here's one titled, Idiocracy by
0: Red Har. Multiple choice question. If you were a physics professor working on theoretical time travel and two versions of your son, one from the past and another from the future turned up at your lecture, would you? A. Call the police. B. Call a psychiatrist. C. Punch them in the face. If you answered A or B, you are an adult with a functional knowledge of how the world works. If you answered C, you are an idiot who shouldn't be able to vote.
1: Well, we do live in a country full of idiots who should not be able to vote. But, by your logic, how does any movie happen? Why are we allowed to have any kind of fiction if it can't go a little bit outside of reality? Um, That... God, you must be a boring fucking person. I mean, what would it... So you expect, uh, let's say, an E.T. What was Elliot was supposed to just run straight to his mom and and say, Hey, I think we need to call the police or maybe call the doctor because something's wrong with me because I saw a fucking alien in the backyard. I mean, really? So by your rules, basically, science fiction as a genre should not exist. Like 99% of comic books should not exist because they are not 100% grounded. Fuck your life must be miserable.
0: The next review is titled The Make It Up As You Go Along Project by Stell. As enjoyable as a poke in the eye.
1: A poke in the eye?
0: Or red-hot pokers placed in orifices to fry.
1: Or red-hot pokers placed in orifices to fry? Are you intentionally rhyming? Are you rapping?
0: No method to the madness. Performances built on drabness.
1: Fuck yeah! It's a rap song with a contradictory
0: story that completely fails to fly. Uh, 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 uh,
1: uh, 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 until I die, uh, 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 I'll uh, keep uh, uh, going. That's rude. This
0: review is titled Perpetic, by Sammy seventy five thousand eighty nine. Too much stupidity and blasphemy.
1: Ain't nobody blaspheming. Wake up! God is dead.
0: <sighs> and this is rated PG thirteen a time traveler goes back and visits himself as a kid moronic <laughs> moronic
1: <laughs> okay no you kind of miss some of the premise he doesn't just you got it all wrong see uh he doesn't just go back and visit himself as a kid i mean yes he does but the point is to go back to visit his father but he kind of lands in the wrong uh the wrong place uh on the timeline and I don't know why the fuck am I explaining it obviously you didn't watch a trailer you could have easily have figured out this is what happens by watching the trailer so I, I don't feel sorry for you
0: here is one by Steven Swig 15 and it is titled I made it to the end dot because I was scrolling through my phone through most of it the emotional parts had no effect on me
1: well that's your fault get off the goddamn phone and watch the movie
0: there was something off about how jennifer garner delivered her lines i'm not a fan of ryan reynolds humor bullet hole farting is supposed to be funny
1: hell yeah bullet hole farting is funny you know what else is funny a mouth hole farting
0: (laughs) the action was pew 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 nothing new or special i sort of liked how the villain was killed though maybe i'd have enjoyed this if i was the same age as the young
1: character so what makes this really funny to me is this is arguably one of the worst parts of the movie is how the villain dies. I think overall it's a really cool scene and I love the way that it's set up, but basically there's a machine. It's magnetized. Anything that's mag- that's like a metal, like alloy, something or other is, is pulled into the machine and the younger version of the villain uh, is kind of like standing in front of the machine and then the older version fires a gun that has a bullet that then curves because of the magnetization um, and it hits her younger self obviously killing her, removing her from the timeline or whatever, but if the bullet was magnetized then that means so is the gun, so the gun should have been ripped out of her hand, she should have never even had a gun basically at that point so it's, it's 100% flawed um, and you liked that part of the movie. See, I can't take this review series. Um, your, uh, your word is not credible at this point. <laughs> you like the, you, you bash the whole movie, but you like literally the dumbest thing that happens in the movie. I don't get it.
0: Great. Almost done with this bullshit listen to this untitled review from ryan h very small amount of animals
1: newsflash apparently the world has a new standard by which movies must be rated the number of animals in the movie the more animals the higher the rating the fewer the animals the lower the rating the fuck where's the beef i know right where is the beef That review had zero substance, nothing, not enough animals. Oh, the beef. Like if, oh, like if there were more cows, then it would get a higher rating. Oh,
0: this one by Joe Silvers is also untitled. Have these idiots forgotten how to add a title?
1: Yeah, they have
0: people say ryan reynolds is always deadpool but really he's always van wilder and really it's just bugs bunny without the brooklyn accent
1: since when does bugs bunny have a brooklyn accent (laughs) What?
0: red notice hitman's wife free guy adam project same
1: guy well could argue bruce willis is the same guy in every movie too
0: I think I'm starting to hate that guy, and watching him here with Guardians of the Galaxy Needle Drops reminded me how Chris Pratt is also almost this same guy, but less sure of himself, which ultimately makes him a bit more relatable. This was like Looper and The Last Starfighter, but with all the cleverness and charm removed. I try not to turn off movies once I've started them, but this made me reconsider that policy. It's just Ryan Reynolds with time travel action was planned plot forgettable it's basically Netflix at its most mediocre avoid
1: so I just wanted to point out that there are tons of actors who are basically the same person in uh in every role um I think it's maybe it's typically funny people i don't I don't know I could be wrong but uh people like uh Zach Galifianakis and um Seth Rogen is a really good example. Um, Terry Crews, like who else would be um, eh, maybe kind of Danny McBride. Um, maybe even Craig Robinson. I, I mean, there's a, tons of tons, tons of people that, uh, it, but it works as long as the character is well-written and they, obviously they're good enough actors. Um, they can mesh kind of their own personality. Their their own self with that fictional character and and they make it work and that's all that matters (laughs) like it doesn't they don't have to be totally different every single time um as long as as long as they convey that uh you know whatever it is that that character um is supposed to be whatever their whatever their intention is they they get their point across
0: so this one is titled I gave it a shot. Written by Shanene.
1: I think that's supposed to be pronounced (laughs) Shanane.
0: But I couldn't stand that insufferable child. Ryan Reynolds plays himself. Again. I lasted about 20 minutes, but then I gave up. Yet another Sean Levy masterpiece. What a heck.
1: Listen, if you think that Ryan Reynolds is the same in every role, and you don't like that about him, and you know of Sean Levy's other work and don't like that about that person, why would you want to see this? I, if, if I know there's a director I don't like, writers I don't like, actors I don't like, I don't seek out their movies. I don't watch their bullshit because I know I'm not going to like it. So yeah, that's it's, it's on you if you wasted your time. I don't care. You don't give it a one-star review because that's—I don't know—that just it seems so irrelevant when and you didn't even make it past twenty minutes. I mean, that's how how do you how do you properly? There's no justifiable way to to give a an honest review when you can't even make it past twenty minutes. I mean, I, I understand. I hear you. If you hate an actor, you hate a director but you you know you gave it a shot anyways and then you get through to the end and then you give it a full review but when you can't even go 20 minutes in to a review your review is then kind of bullshit yeah
0: finally the last review it's titled how to make a good movie by horse 69 or how to at least make the list as a deserving better than a one slash 10 Hire decent writers, have then the right to compelling story.
1: Okay, Whore69, um, I'm with you so far. That That is definitely one thing you can do to, to make a good movie, is to hire good writers. I agree with that.
0: Do not make it a family-friendly movie that is aimed at an adult
1: audience, ever. Well, I call it bullshit, because how can you make a family-friendly movie and not have it also aimed at... Adults. I mean, should it be exclusively aimed at adults? No, because then that's then it's not family friendly. But family friendly includes the kids. And this is PG-13, by the way. So you shouldn't really be taking little kids in to go see this anyways. Um, and, And, you know, you don't just like put a movie like this on in front of them and then just like leave the room like it's a family a friendly movie like I could sit down and watch this with my 13 year old daughter easily and we would both be entertained and and probably have a decent time watching it Um, but when you leave out you can't leave you can't just exclude adults from a family friendly movie when it's supposed to be for kids only no that's then then go watch dumb childish shit like Minions or something that's definitely not for adults because that's I can't I can't sit through that. That is absolute nonsense. But there's there's so many uh, good family friendly movies that are there's plenty of entertainment for adults like Chippendales Rescue Rangers, the movie that was just released on Disney Plus. There's tons of stuff in there for adults, but it's also pretty kid friendly. Maybe not for little little kids, but um, that's what are you thinking? I because I can't follow. Uh, I, I just I can't follow that that logic do not in any way cooperate with Netflix well you heard it here first if a movie is to ever be good it should have nothing to do with Netflix that's also bullshit
0: do not use classic rock songs in vain for a Netflix family movie without a compelling story
1: that is very oddly specific do not use classic rock songs in vain For a netflix family movie without a compelling story (laughs) what
0: do not hire a lead actor whose agent is apparently sabotaging his career
1: all right movie producers you got that um the best way to make a good movie is to not hire a lead actor whose agent is apparently sabotaging their career rule number one
0: free guy was cutting it close but this is a step too far What? Free Guy was awesome. No bratty child actors or any other kind.
1: No bratty child actors or any other kind. Any other kind of actors? Any other kind of child actors? So, (laughs) so, all right. So when you make a movie, if you want to guarantee that it will be considered good, at least by this dumbass's standards, um, it should never have a child actor.
0: Don't cheap out on the CGI. Do not make a family-friendly sci-fi movie. Period.
1: So here we go. According to Shenene's, uh standards, don't make family-friendly sci-fi movies. Well, that's that's terrible. No, 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 that would suck because that means you can, you can't ever, ever, ever have movies like Tron or The Last Starfighter or Flight of the Navigator, The Black Hole or Ghostbusters even, or Back to the Future, E.T. Like all of these, all of these family friendly, um, I guess maybe you can possibly make an argument that Ghostbusters isn't that family friendly, but, um... Well, who am I kidding? Most of us, most of us born in the, in the seventies and eighties watched it as a kid. But, um, yeah, I mean, you can't, that would, that would absolutely suck to have to remove all of those from existence or, or not consider any of those good or even decent because because family friendly and sci-fi can't somehow coincide. Like that's fucking awful. What a dumbass review.
0: Seriously, do not make a family-friendly sci-fi movie or any family-friendly movie that is meant for kids.
1: Seriously, seriously, guys. You can't make a movie if it's sci-fi and family-friendly. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, I'm calling you out because earlier you said you cannot make a family-friendly movie for adults. So family-friendly movies cannot appeal to adults. Now you're saying... Family-friendly movies cannot appeal towards kids. Do you, what? Do you know who the fuck is in a family? <laughs> what? What? Shanene What is your idea of a family? If it doesn't have uh, adults or kids, parents watching it with kids and nobody else.
0: Spend more money on writers. Save it by not hiring dozens of useless
1: producers save money by not hiring producers (laughs) do you not understand how movies are made producers are the ones that fund the movies they're not hired (laughs) by the movies they're the ones that secure the funding and invest into the the whole process of making the movie um they don't get paid until until there's Money coming in from the movie. They don't. They're not (laughs) these damn producers and their high wages. Um, They're they're not paid up front. They are the ones doing the paying up front.
0: And by not allowing marketing to allocate a fortune to manipulate social media and pay shills to get all the fake ratings and reviews, it's 2022 most people can read between the lines by now
1: thank god that is the last review that was excruciating
0: that's i can't it. even shanene has no
1: fucking understanding of how movies are made um and if you want to if you want to know any future filmmakers out there listen to this review shanene will tell you exactly step by step How to make a good movie. Yeah, right here. See, that's what I do on my podcast. That's what I do. That is the value that I provide. This is for the future filmmakers of the world. Should be listening right now because look at the the valuable lesson to be learned here today. To be successful to make a good movie, you want 10 stars. You goddamn right you want 10 stars. Or 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Or 5 stars on Letterboxd. Whatever. They all have they all have their own uh system for uh for rating movies. But if you want to be the best of the best, this is how you do it. You listen to Shinee's review right here on the Bollockbuster podcast. I I don't know. I'm I'm beyond that. I'm fucking speechless. I I just can't understand how ridiculous some of these one star reviews can be. Uh oh. Uh, I do want to let you know uh, some of the projects that I'm working on uh, that should be. Coming up soon. Um, well, obviously the episodes, um, right around the corner June is right around the corner. Um, I'm doing a whole month dedicated to the multiverse and I'm not going to give away every movie that's going to be, uh, featured, but I'm doing, uh, at least one a week. Um, I might try to squeeze in like an extra episode if I can. Um, but definitely a minimum one episode a week. Um, as far as that's what I've got planned now, but that'll be things like everything everywhere all at once and Dr. Strange in the Multiverse of Madness along with a few others. So stay tuned for that. I am really excited for that. I think um, I think that's, that's going to be a lot of fun um, for the listeners as well. Uh, but then I'm also working on a couple of other things that this, may not happen as early as June, but I am in the process of trying to figure out a good format, um, a video format for this podcast to get it on YouTube. And I know there's plenty of shows that are on YouTube that's just audio. To me, that's kind of a waste. I'm sure it works for them, but you know, I wanted to see if I can make this maybe a little more entertaining and basically come up with a video content for this particular show. And then on top of that, I've also got a Patreon in the works and feel free to reach out to me on social media. Let me know if there's any, just give me feedback or, or your opinion on what kind of content uh, you, you might be willing to uh, pay a little extra for. And that's basically a little, uh, just a, a small way of helping support this show. Um, keep it going. Um, it helps not only is it help me pay bills, but, uh, but yeah, it helps support the show and, um, the work that goes into it. But it it would be, it would be like a lower tier. It's not going to be like some of these crazy podcasters that want like a hundred dollar tiers and stuff. You know, these would be like five, $10 tiers, you know, something along those lines. Um, but I'd give you bonus episodes. There'd be, um, exclusive voting power. So, Maybe I could do like a poll and give you the uh, ability to vote on movies for upcoming episodes. I could do something like that, Uh, and then in addition to that, I also plan on um, doing like um, you know charity donations. So um, so that money, you know, it's not just all going to me. You know, I would definitely um, give back, you know, to communities and and well, I'd probably choose a variety of charities to be honest. Um, But I think that's a good way to, you know, just to kind of connect, you know, I can give you more and uh, and, I mean, obviously helps support the show, but I'd love to give even more um, entertaining content um, to you. And I feel like that's a good way of going about doing that. But like I said, find me on social media. Let me know what you think about all that. Um, If you have ideas or just want to share a little bit of feedback on, on ways to improve this or or make something like Patreon even more worth your time and um, potentially your money, um, find me at Bollockbuster on Instagram. Um, also, you could email me. Uh, my email address is chaseface.productions at gmail.com. Uh, so, yeah, I'd love to hear from you love to know what uh what my listeners you know think about the show so far and what they might like to see in the future so now I think I'm officially done um, so I greatly appreciate everyone hanging out today I look forward to seeing you in the next one